For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Can you believe this? Oh, Say it with your chest. Looking to push tempo here, the Pelicans. He'll get there. Bunny hops into a bucket. Hold that follow through. He posed. That's right. This is what takes you to another level. What the Pell is up? Everybody, this is Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans, and I'm your host, Elliot Clough. We got a good show in front of us today. We're not doing our guest like we thought we were going to do this week. We were having Chris Connor on on Monday of this coming week. That podcast will be up Monday. Uh, very excited for that one. We were planning on having Chris on on Friday's show, but we're switching things up a little bit. Had some scheduling conflicts and such, and... There's some stuff going on, so figured I'd want to get to you once again before the end of the week. But if you did miss our last episode where we had mentioned that Chris was going to be on, we talked a little bit about Davis Bertans and Trevor Ariza sitting out the remainder of the season as well as reminiscing on the day that Zion was drafted last year. Zion, of course, Jackson Hayes, Didi Lozada, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. But uh, some fun stuff on our last episode addressed a bunch of different scenarios of how the NBA could play out, and we got some more news on that front for today's episode with Avery Bradley going to be skipping out on the remainder of the season, regular season, and playoffs. So we'll address that at the bottom of the episode, but to start us off today, there were some rumors. It was based on an interview on a conversation that Paul George had with Darius Miller, Pelican's very own Darius Miller, and Quinton Richardson about his time in Indianapolis, where uh, we all know he requested, didn't necessarily request a trade, but he told the franchise that he was not going to sign, re-sign in the summer of 2018 during his free agency. So he told them that in the summer of 2017, but prior to that, he had conversation with, with who he called the best power forward in basketball at the time. And there's been rumors as to who that was, who that could have been at that point in time, getting names like Blake Griffin, and Anthony Davis is pretty much it. I don't know who else would have been in that position in 2017, but Anthony Davis, who was still a part of the Pelicans at the time, I guess they were having conversations. That's the rumor right now, anyways. If they were having conversations, he could have been sent to Indianapolis. He could have requested a trade to Indianapolis and been sent out of town before he requested that initial trade in 2019. He made that initial request, I should say. But I'm sure this got a lot of you thinking as well, but this definitely got me thinking as to what could have happened in that summer of 2017. What could have gone down between the Pelicans and the Indiana Pacers the, I, honestly, we're going to dive into it, but 
the NBA landscape could look completely different as opposed to what it looks like right now. And uh, this is honestly going to blow your mind. I started to dive deep into this a little bit ago, and there's way more than one would initially think. Just simply that trade and all of the other dominoes that fell post would have fallen post trade. So let's let's look at it. Let's look at the roster that the Pacers had at that point in time and, and what they could have offered to the Pelicans in the summer of 2017, going into 2017-2018 season. So what the Pels could have received for Anthony Davis, well, given the fact that the Pelicans got a load for AD from the Lakers this last summer, I think the Pelicans could have gotten even more from the Pacers at this point in time. Did the Pacers have that much to give up? Eh, not necessarily. Looking at their roster at that point in time, I mean, the best player on that team, post getting rid of Paul George and pre-getting Victor Oladipo and DeMontis Sabonis from Oklahoma City, gotta be Miles Turner. And if you're trading a center... Power forward, I guess, Anthony Davis. You probably want to get somebody that's young, that has clearly shown star potential, and a guy who probably will continue to be one of the top centers, power forwards, whatever you want to call him, a big man in the league for a few years to come. And that's Miles Turner. Miles Turner's been balling out since he has gotten into the league, i.e., to the tune of. Career high was 14.5 points in the 2016-2017 season, so he's coming off that season where he was playing really good ball. Two blocks a game, almost a steal a game, 7.3 rebounds a game, shooting 81% from the free throw line, 35% from three. For a big, that's pretty good. And he's playing 31 minutes a game at that point in time. Now looking at him these last few seasons, he's played 65-plus games. We'll count this season as such, even though he's only played 55, shortened season, you know. But he's continued to put up close to those numbers, about 13 points a game, and between six and a half and seven rebounds a game, while shooting between 72 and 77% from the free throw line, and around 35% from three throughout that time as well. His three-point attempts have increased to 4.2 a game this year as well. So he's shooting more from beyond the arc, becoming more of a rangy center. So so he would provide a lot of value there. Now looking at the rest of the possible pieces that they could have traded to the Pelicans, that the Pacers could have traded to the Pelicans. You know, the Bogdanoviches, Bojan and Bogdan, those dudes are traded all the time. Bojan was on the roster at this point in time. Would not be surprised if he was traded to the Pelicans uh, in the summer of 2017. Bojan, just a lights-out shooter, just like his the other Bogdanovich. I don't think they're related. Uh, they're probably related. I don't know. Bogdanovich is a pretty specific name. But, I mean, looking at... Boyan statistics these last few seasons, I mean, even specifically just last season, Boyan was scoring 20 points a game for the Utah Jazz in 2019-2020 at playing 60, played 63 games, 33.1 minutes per game, and he was shooting 41% from three. 
four rebounds a game, two assists a game, Bojan could have been a really big piece for the Pelicans at this point in time. And I would have loved for the Pelicans to acquire him had this been a scenario, had they felt like they had to give up Anthony Davis at that point in time. There's a couple other young guys who the Pelicans should have grabbed at that point in time, should they have made this trade with the Pacers. Now, in 2016-2017, Glenn Robinson III was part of the Pacers as well. Now, he was a role player at the time, averaging about 20 minutes a game, put up six points a game, grabbed 3.6 rebounds as well. So just kind of a guy off the bench who would fill some minutes. He did start 27 games for the Pacers at that point in time, but he was not near as good as we thought, or as he has become, I should say, in the last year, last couple years. So in 2019-2020 for the Golden State Warriors, he started all 48 games that he played, averaged 31 minutes a game and 12.9 points and 4.7 rebounds. So Robinson has clearly made an ascension in the last few years, did get traded to Philadelphia later on this season. So could have acquired him in that trade as well, a young piece who was filling a role but wasn't doing a whole lot, clearly, like I said, made an ascension. But as far as guys with real potential, because Pelicans, had they made this trade, they would have gone for young men with potential at this point in time. And Alex Poitras, at that point in time, was a guy who we kind of thought was going to be just that, a guy with some potential. And coming off his first season, his rookie season, with just playing six games, he averaged 10.7 points and 4.8 rebounds for the Philadelphia 76ers before being traded to Indiana in 2016-2017. Excuse me, 2017-2018. And for the Pacers that year, he kind of fell off a cliff. One point per game is what he averaged in those 25 games that he did play for the Pacers. And then in 2018-2019, played for the Atlanta Hawks in 21 games, 5 points, just 3.6 rebounds in an average per game. And he went to Kentucky, so just another young guy who probably didn't get enough time at the collegiate level and then tried to make an ascension to the league. And, you know, a lot of NBA teams take chances on young guys from Kentucky because they have high ceilings. We didn't get to see a lot of them in college. And John Calipari does an excellent job of preparing these guys for the league and and, and doing what he can to to make them better. So Poitras probably would have been acquired in this trade at that point in time. He's not really relevant anymore. Uh, Clearly couldn't stay healthy. So wouldn't have been a big of an acquisition for the Pelicans. Would have made sense, though. And to throw in with all those known commodities, those known players, and there's no guarantee that the Pels would have gotten all four of those guys. That's just a trade that makes sense to me. You got to factor in draft picks because the Pelicans got hella draft picks from the Los Angeles Lakers this past offseason. Now, when we go back and look at who was drafted in the year of 2017, the trade by the Pacers to Oklahoma City went through on June 30th, and the uh, NBA draft happened on June 22nd of that year. So, not necessarily positive that it would have gone down like this, but this is a hypothetical, you know, we're trying our best to put things together here. But in 2017, that draft, the Pacers had the 18th pick overall 
in that draft, and they took TJ Leaf. Now, Leaf, I don't even know what this dude has done much of in the NBA. He was pretty good pairing with Lonzo in, or excuse me, at UCLA. Looks like in 2019-2020, he is now still with the Pacers, played in 25 games, averaged 2.9 points per game and 2.6 rebounds. Now, he wasn't clearly not to the star level that Tyler Hansborough was when he came out of college, but it's kind of the same thing. Played pretty good ball in college, came out, meh, he's okay in the league, just really didn't do much. I, I don't see him sticking around much longer, at least uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But if he does continue to play a lot of games in the NBA, it's going to be as a role player, a guy who's averaging under 10 minutes a game in the last three seasons that he's been in the league. So Pelicans could have acquired him as well in, in this trade, or they could have acquired the pick prior to the draft. And I'm going to read a list of these players who were still available at that point in time. And that would have been an excellent acquisition for the Pelicans in the 2017 NBA draft. So, start off John Collins. John Collins, that dude is crushing it in Atlanta. I think he and Trey Young are going to be a pair to be reckoned with in the future. Now, the, the Hawks haven't been able to put much together in the last few years. Trey Young can't play defense. They're really, really young we can't really expect a whole lot from them yet, but John Collins this year averaged 21.6 points per game and 10 rebounds. So that's a double-double for this guy. He's a double-double machine shooting 64% from the field and 40% from three. So John Collins, that would have been a huge acquisition for the Pelicans in 2017. I love, I love John Collins. He's super fun to watch, super athletic, and he's clearly got a game that, translates well to the NBA. He's playing really good ball. He only played in 41 games this year. Hasn't played a full 82. Played 74 his rookie season, 61 his sophomore year, and then 41 this year. So we obviously won't be seeing any more from the Hawks this year as uh, they uh, aren't the best team in the NBA by any means. But again, they're young. And Collins is probably, he's the second fiddle to Trey Young in Atlanta. And for good reason. Young's going to be a star in this league for years to come. But John Collins, a guy who would have been awesome to acquire for the Pelicans in 2017. Then we look at Jarrett Allen, who doesn't really have a dog in him like you'd like him to have. He's the young center for the Brooklyn Nets, averaging 10.6 points and 9.5 rebounds a game this year in 2019-2020. Not a three-point shooter, but he is shooting 64% from the field. Not a great free throw shooter either. 62% from the field this year. Prior to that, it was 70, and then his rookie year was 77. But durable, played in a lot of games. Doesn't really, like I said, doesn't really have that dog like you want. They're not even close to Zion. He's just not a bully guy in the post. But that would have been an excellent acquisition for them. He's, he's a great role-playing center opposite of Boogie Cousins at the time, who, reminder, was still on the roster this summer. They went into 2017-2018 with AD and Boogie Cousins. So I think AD would have looked stupid to be traded at this point in time, even to go play with Paul George and to go play in Indiana because you lose Boogie Cousins, you lose Drew Holiday, you acquire Paul George, fine, but what the hell is on the rest of the roster, especially after a trade? It just doesn't make sense. Anyway, 
two more guys that remained uh, in that 2017 draft at the 18th overall pick that the Pacers may have traded to the Pelicans. And in order to get Anthony Davis to those two are OG Ananobi, who we kind of all collectively know who has a high ceiling, plays for the NBA champion, reigning NBA champion, Toronto Raptors, OG putting up 10.7 points and grabbing 5.4 rebounds along with 1.4 steals per game in 2019-2020. Played in 63 games, started 62 for the Raptors, who are still one of the best teams in the West. Could be scary in the playoffs this year. So Ananobi, those, all of those career stats that I just lined up are career highs for the young man. So would have been a great acquisition for the Pels then as well. A guy who was viewed as a high ceiling, but was pretty raw at that point in time. And basically the exact opposite of that description is Kyle Kuzma out of Utah at the time. A senior drafted in the NBA, made a pretty decent splash initially, and has been very <laughs> pretty average since. The fact that the Lakers thought that he was going to be the guy that would be the third best player in a big three of LeBron and AD and Kuzma is just a little interesting. Sure, he averaged 18.7 points per game in 2018-2019, but that was also when LeBron was the best player on the team. And then it was him, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo, and Josh Hart. And... The guy just doesn't have a high ceiling. I, I, we've seen what we're going to get from Kuzma. It's not going to get any better than this. He only started seven games for the Lakers this year. But, I mean, sufficient role player, scoring role player. I mean, he gets four and a half rebounds a game at least this year. It was 6.3 his rookie year and 5.5 before that. Doesn't average a lot of assists. Doesn't average very many steals. I mean, 1.3 assists per game and less than half a steal a game this year. Shooting efficiency... I mean, 45% from the field, 29.7% from three. Not necessarily super upset. It's just kind of a notable name that could have been taken. And, I mean, he's a good basketball player. He's going to have a long career, assuming injury isn't factored in. But, you know, personally, I'm okay with not having acquired Kyle Kuzma in the 2017 NBA draft. But it was a possibility at that point in time, should the Pelicans have gone that route in trading Anthony Davis. Now, in 2018, had the Pelicans acquired Indiana's first-round pick, well, the Pacers grabbed Aaron Holiday with the first with their first pick in 2018. UCLA product, Drew Holiday's younger brother. And then, after that, Mitchell Robinson was available. Now, Mitchell Robinson was kind of a, a diamond in the rough for the New York Knicks in the 2018 NBA draft. But it would have been pretty lit for the Pelicans to grab him at that point in time. I believe it was a second-round pick in the 2018 NBA draft. But this year was averaging 9.7 points, 7 rebounds a game, almost a steal a game, 2 blocks a game. So a very, very large bright spot for the New York Knicks, who are just kind of they're not kind of. They're awful. That's a horrible franchise. I would never... I'm 5'9 I'm and white. I don't think I'm going to make the NBA anytime soon. But pretty sure uh, nobody wants to play for the uh, New York Knicks. Then Aaron Holiday, just looking at what he's contributed to the Indiana Pacers since he was drafted in 2018. And 
he's been decent. I mean, he's a role player. He's not he's not typically a starter. Started 26 games this year, 9.4 points, 3.3 assists, 2.3 rebounds. So a backup point guard, one, two, shooting guard. But it would have been cool to see him play with Drew, assuming that Drew was still on the roster. We'll get to that in a second. But Pelicans could have acquired Drew and Aaron at the same time. Would have been interesting to see those brothers all play together. Given Aaron plays with Justin Holiday, so would have been uh, uh, how the uh, turntables would have happened between Drew and Justin with Aaron playing in New Orleans. So here's the thing, folks. What we were told when AD left New Orleans to play in Los Angeles, Drew partially signed that extension with the Pelicans in 2017, that massive one where he got $126 million, and it wasn't an extension. He was a free agent, so he decided to stay in New Orleans because he believed Anthony Davis was going to be sticking around for the long term. So what if AD did decide to leave? What if he was traded in 2017? We might consider Drew Holiday to be a trader right now as well. It's hard to even think that, especially everything that's gone down in the last year with AD being traded and traded and Drew sticking around. But that's what hypotheticals are for, folks. Do I think he would have left? I don't know. Were there a lot of suitors for Drew Holiday at that point in time? I mean, I don't know why teams wouldn't have been. He's quiet. He's a stud. Underrated as hell. We know the Miami Heat missed out on Gordon Hayward that summer. He went to Boston. The Heat have always been in talks, at least for trades for Drew, at least this year. Mavericks are probably looking for him. I don't know how much money the Nuggets had available, but they wanted him at the trade deadline this year as well. Who knows? Looking at Miami... Beautiful there. Looking at Los Angeles, the Clippers, maybe they would have gone after him too. They just lost Chris Paul. Why not? There's a very large possibility that had AD gone to Indiana, Drew would have gone somewhere else as well. And to reiterate what I said before, the Pelicans still had Boogie Cousins at this point in time. Would they still have gone for Miles Turner? I don't know why the Pacers would have tried to hold on to him. They probably could have given up less capital had they shipped him to New Orleans in exchange for AD and some picks. Would have continued the Twin Towers dynamic, except for Boogie probably didn't have the respect for Miles Turner that he did for Anthony Davis. Two Kentucky bigs, Miles Turner, not a Kentucky guy. Not a star at that point in time. Wasn't able to put up the type of numbers that AD did. So who knows? He probably would have taken a major backseat to Boogie. And if Drew decided to stay to Drew. Maybe Boogie doesn't get hurt. Maybe he sticks around. Maybe he signs a contract and he's still in New Orleans balling out. Maybe he's not a free agent right now. Maybe he signed... To make another super team in Golden State and took the minimum like he did, but was fully healthy, and the Warriors continue to win more championships even without Kevin Durant. Because Boogie is quote unquote a locker room cancer. Who the frick knows?
the implications of what this trade could have been blow my freaking mind. I don't know about you, but this is just absolute insanity. And I'm very glad that it did not go through for a lot of reasons. A lot of just because how good the team is right now and how much how lovable they are and Zion and Drew is still around and Lonzo's balling and you know all this, so I don't need to remind you. But this would have been wild. That's the main point. And there are a bunch of different things that could have happened, but if I missed anything, please, please let me know on Twitter. Respond to the tweet, what you ha- what have you. The, the link to this... This podcast, I'd be really interested to hear your thoughts as to what the Pels would have done, what the Pacers would have given up, and what would have happened, what would have been the fallout from the potential trade there. Now, switching gears from hypotheticals to actuals, Avery Bradley has announced that he will be sitting out the remainder of the regular season and the playoffs He is the perimeter defender, the perimeter defender, the best perimeter defender for the Los Angeles Lakers at this point in time. I guess his son has a respiratory issue that would put him at risk. Would he contract the coronavirus? So, fair enough. That is absolutely fair. Do I want to see it? No. Did I expect Avery Bradley to sit out? Kind of. I didn't know this was going to be the reason. Could it still partially be because of the civil unrest, social unrest? I don't know. But this was a factor. This is ultimately the thing that made him sit out. That's totally okay. Completely valid. Totally justifiable. You got to put your family before situations like this. And even if he loses out on some money, Avery Bradley's a smart guy. He'll figure it out. He'll be fine. In this way, his son will be fine too. This is totally understandable. We can't be mad about that. It sucks. It sucks. But it does make sense at the very least. So the question is, how does this affect the Lakers' chances? What will they do going forward? Because teams that lose out on players like this who decided to sit out the remainder of the season, you know this if you listened to our last podcast when we talked about Trevor Ariza and Davis Bertans, is that the Lakers can sign a replacement player to their roster to fill out the the 15 spots they have available to active players for the remainder of the season. So what we've been hearing is that it's going to be J.R. Smith That'll fill that position for the Los Angeles Lakers, and we'll address that in a second. But the main thing that I hit right before we started talking about the implications is that Avery Bradley provides perimeter defense that the Lakers otherwise simply do not have. So who's going to guard the other team's best point guard? Who's going to start in replacement of Avery Bradley, and there's really going to be two possible, maybe three possible starters in exchange for Avery Bradley. Probably going to be Alex Caruso, probably going to be Contavious Caldwell Pope, or J.R. Smith. Highly doubt it's J.R. Smith, but it's a possibility. So KCP is who took over the starting position when Avery was out earlier this year. But if you listen to First Things First with Nick Wright or The Herd, Nick Wright had mentioned today that statistically the duo of Caruso and LeBron James play some of the best basketball in the league. I believe they have an average of 20 more points per 100 possessions than their opponents when they have LeBron and Caruso on the floor at the same time. Alex Caruso might be one of the more underrated players in the league. He's kind of a joke, or he was a joke, a meme on Twitter because he's bald and white, but the dude is athletic and he's good. That dude needs to be a starting point guard in the NBA for the Lakers. 
specifically. Rajon Rondo has been in the conversation as well, but Rajon has not been very good this season. We know playoff Rondo, obviously. Uh, he, he's just a completely different basketball player than regular Rondo is. And we saw that firsthand in New Orleans in the 2017-2018 playoffs. But this season, Rondo's averaging just seven points a game, plus five assists, and three rebounds. So really not playing great ball, averaging 33% from the three-point range, 41.8% from the field. Played in 48 games, averaging 20 minutes a game. So Rondo is not probably going to be the guy that you want to start in this position. I'm assuming it's going to be KCP. I'm hoping it's Alex Caruso. If you're Lakers fans, you want to hope it's Alex Caruso. But now, really, this thing that also really hurts them, other than perimeter defense for the Lakers, is their two cornerstone players are LeBron and Anthony Davis. That's, that is set in stone. That's the way it is. That's a done deal. But there are two other guys on this roster who have a lot of playoff experience who will be there when you need it, when it counts. Danny Green, Avery Bradley. You get one of those, get rid of one of those. Now you got Danny Green. Danny Green's a clutch shooter. He's one of the greatest three point shooters in terms of playoff history uh, with the Raptors and then with the, the San Antonio Spurs as well. But now you don't have Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley has been there before. He's played on a lot of really talented teams. He's played on a variety of teams. These four guys have all the playoff experience and more specifically, AD doesn't so much. He has a lot of the talent, but those two are are the one and two on this roster. And then of course it's Danny Green and Avery Bradley. So one of them is gone now. And that's a big piece. Danny Green, great shooter. Avery Bradley, good shooter, great defender. So take your pick between the two, but I would probably rather lose Danny Green in this situation rather than Avery Bradley, which is not something I would imagine myself having said last year. But Bradley is a great, or a really good defender on a not so great team defensively, other than Anthony Davis. Um, Danny Green's a good defender too, I guess, but LeBron doesn't play defense anymore. KCP's not a defender. Rajan Rondo's not playing great defense. You know, you get what you get. I think this is a huge blow for the Lakers' chances into the playoffs. I mean, looking at the Clippers, the LA Clippers, from top to bottom, this team is just loaded. Assuming everybody sticks around, they got Kawhi, Paul George, the Landry Shamet, Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams, Vika Zubak, Patrick Patterson, Rodney Magruder, who can play some solid minutes, Marcus Morris. I mean, they just added Joakim Noah, which isn't a whole lot of value, but it just looks, I mean, you just compare the rosters and it's kind of easy to hand the the victory to the Clippers at this point in time, at least in my mind's eye. I mean, it'll be tough for the Lakers to overcome the Clippers. I, I really believe that. I mean, they've got two great wing defenders. You can switch them off and on on LeBron. I'm giving the edge to the Clippers in terms of the Western Conference as to who makes it to the NBA Finals. We'll see what happens, but Based on that, I've got to lean towards the Clippers. Now, is J.R. Smith really the answer? I guess. I mean, looking at who's available for the remainder of the regular season, I'm kind of considering, and I'm not really sure as to whether those six players that I listed on this last podcast, Kenneth Farid, Amon Shumpert, uh, Lance Stevenson, guys of that 
availability level. I'm not sure if they're really eligible to play. I, I think I saw something about players having like had to like their last their last professional basketball be in the NBA. So that would be why Jamal Crawford is still available. But like DD Lazada is not available, even though he's technically a part of the Pelicans organization. His last professional basketball was in the NBL in Australia. So not really sure how uh, that all works, but it looks like J.R. Smith is going to be their best option as to what's available. He's got a championship degree, got a relationship with LeBron, even though he fricked up their chances at the NBA Finals in 2018. So <laughs> might have been their best option. I mean, he could score back in the day. Uh, that's another reason for to bring him around. But, I mean, who else are you going to sign? Are you going to sign Jamal Crawford? I don't think they need that guy on their team right now. Dude couldn't guard my grandmother if he wanted to. He can fill it up, but he's just old. He doesn't have it anymore. If any player, if any team is going to sign him, they just need to be like, hey, score, and then we'll call a timeout, and then we'll get you back on the bench. Like, he just doesn't bring the value that he used to. People who are saying that he needs a contract are sending out, you know, highlight tapes from like 2008 or like 2012 and y'all come on eight years ago 12 years ago it's just not fair it's not indicative as to how we played i saw him play live in minnesota just a couple years ago and he's not the same he did score 50 points for the phoenix suns last year but that's also the phoenix suns they're regularly awful and they put up a bunch of empty stats i would not be surprised if they lost that game i'm not sure if they did or not but I mean, Devin Booker scored 70 points and they lost, so wouldn't wouldn't put it past them. But J.R. Smith looks to be the answer uh, in terms of filling that roster spot for the Lakers. We'll see how it turns out for them. I'm thinking it's going to be the Clippers coming out of the West this year. That'll be my pick. Before you head out, folks, make sure to go give at Elliot Clough a follow on Twitter. You're going to be getting a ton of Pelicans content there new orleans sports content there and if you have any questions or concerns or comments regarding the podcast you can always drop uh, an at below that let me know what you're thinking why you're thinking it and while you're here if you're listening on apple Podcasts or stitcher make sure to leave a rate and review Do it! that really 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 helps us out folks we would really really appreciate it make sure to go follow believe on instagram twitter and facebook and you can check out a plethora of their other podcasts on Believe.com or just head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. And you can check out some more Pelicans coverage on Fansided's Hoops Habit website or head over to the Bird Rights SB Nation's Pelicans affiliate. Do not forget, head over to Twitter, give at Elliot Clough, E-L-I-O-T-C-L-O-U-G-H a follow and leave that rate and review on Apple Podcasts slash Stitcher. So, once again, folks, I am Elliot Clough, and this was Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.